Toronto councillors on Wednesday uh, voted uh, to allow multiplex housing citywide, uh, meaning duplexes, uh, triplexes and fourplexes can be built without special permission uh, in neighbourhoods from Rosedale to Westmount, which are very uh, expensive areas in in uh, in uh, Toronto. Now, the decision, uh, many have said, is an upheaval, upheaval of Toronto's long-standing, what they call yellow belt, and that's roughly about 70% of Toronto's zoned residential land that's been restricted for single-family homes. Um, the rule system, uh, the present system, has led to sort of concentrated growth with uh, neighbourhoods dominated by either low, low-slung low homes or uh, sky-high apartment towers. Uh, it was an 18-7 to 7 vote, and as I was listening to the conversation in Ottawa, I was wondering what would that mean for Metro Vancouver? Uh, because Toronto, of course, is a very big city, large city, largest in this country, fourth largest in North America. Uh, joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, what's transpired in Toronto, what it means broadly for potentially Metro Vancouver is Michael Geller, president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, planner, and a real estate consultant. Michael, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. So, what did you think of this uh, this vote on Wednesday in Toronto? I was intrigued by how similar the discussions are between those taking place in Ontario and those taking place in British Columbia, because concurrently with Vancouver's conversation about allowing more than one home on a single-family lot, Toronto's having exactly the same discussion, and they have now just leaped slightly ahead of us. But there are some interesting differences between what Toronto is proposing and what's being contemplated for Vancouver and the rest of the province. Hmm. Um, You're saying slight differences. What did you mean by that? Well, the first thing is that, and probably we need some definitions, Chaz. I mean, when they say a multiplex, what does that mean, uh, as distinct from a cineplex? <laughs> now, a multiplex uh, really refers to one building that contains more than one home. So it could be a duplex, and a duplex, when I define a duplex, I mean two homes. Mm-hmm. But it could be side by side, or it could be one above the other, or indeed one behind the other. And it means a triplex, which again, three homes, but within one building, and a fourplex, four homes, but contained within one building. So we're not really talking about four townhouses necessarily here. We're talking about a building that really looks like a large house, but may have four four homes. So... In Vancouver and in British Columbia, I think the expectation is we might be looking at two or three separate buildings that might contain three or four homes. Hmm. So that's different. So uh, there have been there's been some conversation in, in Toronto uh, that look Toronto needs needs uh, more housing, just like Metro Vancouver does. Uh, but some have argued like this step is a little too far because it could inflate land prices. You know, if builders see an opportunity to build and demolish. You know, single-family homes, two multiplexes, as you say, four homes on a lot, uh, and it would sort of upset the character of neighborhoods. Um, do you think the public? Well, and it's hard to gauge what Toronto's thinking, but certainly in Metro Vancouver. Do you think we're at that stage where people will be more accepting of this type of housing in, let's say, traditional single-family home neighborhoods? Yeah, I think people are slowly becoming more accepting. And it's in large part because of the fact that they would like some of their relatives to be able to live close to them or indeed on the same property. 
And then I've often suggested to people that it is somewhat easier to get approvals for new developments now because the people who traditionally oppose them are now ready to move and would like to stay in the neighborhood. One of the things that I think is very important is to talk about the size of these multiplexes or the size of the buildings. Right now in Vancouver, a building can be approximately 70% of the land area. So a single-family house, if you have a 5,000-square-foot land, you can have approximately 3,500 square feet. Under the new proposals, they're not suggesting that you could have four times that because you can have four homes. They're really just saying you might be able to go from a 0.7 to 1 floor space ratio, but you would divide it up into four separate homes. So in other words, even under this proposal, the buildings are not necessarily going to be significantly bigger. And I think that's that's very wise. Interestingly, Jazz, in Toronto, mm-hmm. they're actually saying we won't have a limit on the size of the buildings, but we will require certain setbacks from the house next door, from the street, from the rear property line. So in, in regards to zoning, so this would mean that you wouldn't need any special permission. You could buy a lot, let's say, uh, and then you could uh, you'd send it into City Hall and you could build. There's no zoning issues this is all that's all done there's no rezoning issue it's a question of whether or not you want to build a duplex a triplex or a, or, or a multiplex that's right and in fact right now in vancouver you have that choice builders can go into city hall and propose a single family house or they can propose a duplex on the same lot and well when this this was a change that was made a couple of years ago And while some people thought this was terrible and it was going to dramatically change the character of the neighborhoods, I mean, in fact, it hasn't been taken up as much as many people feared it might be. And indeed, especially on corner lots, these can be very attractive homes where there may be one door on one street and another entry door on the flanking street. Do you see a time where you would go into, let's say, one corner of Vancouver and uh, let's just say East Vancouver and say, okay, the city can say, look, these 14 blocks collectively, they are single family, but we, we allow you to build more or greater density um, and let the developers deal with the, the, the homeowners and uh, whether you need to you know, bundle the properties, whatever it may be. Could you see something like that occurring? I could, except that I think if you started to do that, people would begin to argue, well, why that block or those 14 blocks and not others? I think what's a better approach is to simply say, let's try this idea, as they're saying in Toronto, but we'll monitor it. And uh, the city of Vancouver did the same thing with laneway housing. I actually argued that they should do it on a demonstration basis just to test it out. And at the time, the then director planner said, no, we're going to allow it everywhere. We'll just monitor it. And, of course, after they did review it, they said, you know, this is working reasonably well. We just need to change some of the regulations. 
So I think that's a reasonable approach uh, for Vancouver and and Metro Vancouver, because it's not just Vancouver that we're talking about now. No, exactly. Can we do what Toronto's done simply because we've got 21 municipalities here, 21 cities? Uh, we already have difficulty with one municipal police force in Surrey. <laughs> Never mind broader challenges. Oh, Jazz, housing policy is easy compared to <laughs> oh, it's policing not. policy. Policing's supposed to be easy. Look how hard that's been over there in Surrey. And I don't mean to yeah. pick on Surrey, but look, we got 21 municipalities. It's going to be different um, pressures yeah. for every council and every mayor. Can we do and rep? Can we rep? what Toronto has done? Well, certainly uh, the, the Premier and the Minister of Housing are suggesting that some of these ideas are good ideas and they shouldn't be restricted just to the city of Vancouver or the city of Burnaby. They should apply throughout the entire province. So I think we're all going to watch with interest. I should say, by the way, uh, there's an interesting aspect to this, and that is if you do have three or four homes on a lot, can they all be sold, or do some of them have to be rented? And I raise this because I was talking to Frank O'Brien. Uh, some of your listeners may recognize his name. He writes for Business in Vancouver, Western Investor. And I, I made a bet with him because he thought the government would not allow these homes to be sold, that maybe one would be sold, but the other three would have to be rental. And I bet him a nice lunch that that would not be the case, because if indeed it was proposed that the three extra homes are rental only, then I don't think the policy would really work. I think what we really want to do is to create more smaller homes on these lots and these established neighborhoods that could be more affordable for those who want to buy, as well as for those who want to rent. Michael, in your mind, as someone who's been in around the housing market, how much of an impact have you seen with Airbnb? I think there is a significant impact, and it's somewhat ironic. We were just talking about Toronto. Uh, One of the most illicit things I ever did was stay in an Airbnb in Toronto. I stayed in a luxury apartment in the downtown, but because the owner was not allowed to rent it as an Airbnb unit, you know, I had to go through all sorts of uh, maneuvers in order to not get him into trouble and not get myself into trouble. And I think it's an issue here. I mean, it's quite interesting in looking at what the regulations are. Right now, you're really only supposed to be able to rent out something, a unit or a room, if it's your principal residence and you're living in it six months of the year. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I think there's lots and lots of, of Airbnbs that don't comply with that. And while I don't want to talk about the empty home tax on such a beautiful day, To my mind, Airbnb has had a far greater impact on reducing the supply of available rental housing than the uh, those unoccupied homes that the empty home tax was targeting. Yeah, we were uh, doing an interview earlier this week on just the uh, housing crunch on the Gulf Islands, and a lot of it also beyond not building enough um, rentals over the years, uh, and they cannot keep their employees because just nowhere for employees to live in many cases, has been, of course, the move towards Airbnb. I remember hearing a story of somebody who owned uh, a rental property. I think it was a two-bedroom, uh, and they could have rented it out for about 3200 or something like that. But somebody from, uh, I guess, a small business person 
rented the place for 3200 but found out that if you just put it on Airbnb, which he did, he could make forty-five to forty-seven hundred dollars. Uh, so he's not living there, and he's just offering it up Airbnb. The landlord himself gets the thirty-two hundred every month, but the, the 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 difference is the 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 entrepreneur pockets. But that no one is living there. These are all visitors. There's a lot of people listening to us right now, Jazz, who are doing exactly that. They're renting units and then sub letting them out as Airbnb units. Mm -hmm. And I think we heard a story earlier this week about someone who discovered her condo was being operated as an Airbnb, and yet she thought she was just releasing it out to an individual who was living in it. Mm -hmm. It is, I think it is a real issue, and, uh, and the numbers are significant. I don't know if anyone knows exactly how many Airbnb units there are. Uh, when I was doing a little bit of research before our discussion, I found there were about 6,600 listings. Now, it wasn't clear to me if that's just in the city of Vancouver or for all of Metro, but the point is there are a lot of units. Now, the other side of the coin is I I once worked on the expansion of the convention center, so I became familiar with the hotel industry. I don't like the idea of Airbnb units taking away from the success of our hotels. But that said, if our hotels are 100% full, then you can begin to see why maybe it's also beneficial to have some of these Airbnb units. So it's, it's not a black and white issue. It isn't, but uh, when you're losing so many rental units, as we all suspect we are, it is an issue. And, and I want to clarify, the, the fines for individuals would be five to $50,000, and companies would face fines of 10000 to yeah. 100000 per posting. So they're very, very significant. But it means you're going to have to register with the government as well through their Ministry of Tourism. But uh, many have said the Quebec legislation is what, may, what, at the end of the day, may be the template for many other provinces uh, as well. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too. It's always a pleasure chatting with you.